Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with... Nicole Jacobs-Silvey, who's going to sit in for Matt Watson today. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm glad you're here today, too, um, especially sitting in for Matt because, you know, I'm just trying to trying to make some new connections, and I have a feeling that that's something that you can talk to me about, right? Yes, big shoes, big seat, I should say, to fill for Matt. But Actually, I'm that to... seat is technically the exact same size as the one I'm sitting in right okay, now. Okay, okay, so good we, to know. Yeah, we're all fair around here in that <laughs> regards. But, Nicole, let me introduce you to Startup Hustle Nation. And first off, I want to mention that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. That's the business that Matt Watson and I own together. Come check us out. And before, because I always forget to do this, I want to call out the most recent person that left a five-star review on Instagram, on, on actually on the podcast app, and that's Bill Buffed Boned. Um, who said he loves the, pro- the practicality of this podcast and what and that we bring in local businesses. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Now back to what we're supposed to talk about, which is creating connections. And Nicole, you are a connections coach. Yes. And I, I have a business called Connection Coach KC. And I think like so many other of your guests I've heard entered into the entrepreneur space kind of non-traditionally didn't set out to do so but um, really started focusing on why connections are important and looking at spaces that did not engage women specifically and people of color and wondering why that was the case. Um, Dug in deeper and found that many people are saying they're having challenges connecting and how to find those keys to open the doors to do so. So, you know, the whole, everyone wants to create connections and everyone wants to do networking and every, Mm -hmm. and so, and then honestly, some of those things um, you know, I have different opinions about that. I've, mm-hmm. uh, at Full Scale, we've created our own brand of networking, which we call Sweet and Greet. You've been to them. They're yes, fun, right? They are fun. Yeah, because net- networking's hard, though, and not everybody is inherently outward. That's right. And, and that's I'm, part of the problem, isn't it? That is. Yeah. I'm naturally extroverted. So people say, oh, connecting's easy for you. But I think networking, why I say connect instead of networking is intentional because people just hear the work in networking and sure. they just... It's gotten to be that uh, shoulder slump and that eye roll like, oh, no. Well, please. that's kind of how I feel about it because right? there's literally, I mean, and, and by the way, I don't want to like discourage people going to networking events and stuff right. like that. But man, you're right. We got to take the work out of networking. We kind of did that with Sweet and Greet, actually. So, yes. and let me, and let me share some of those d- details for you. So I, I really, over the um, last couple of years have, I mean, I'm, and you know, I'm pretty candid on this. I've grown tired of standard networking mm-hmm. events, like another happy hour at right. the same place, blah, blah, blah. So we decided to be advocates in our community and we created Sweet and Greet and we leased a suite at the Sprint Center, which is a big concert and sports venue here in Kansas City. And another one, um, well, the one there we have full time, like all the events that occur. And then we did another one at the baseball stadium for the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. And we host uh, entrepreneurs, investors and influencers in a very non-commercial kind of way. Right. Yeah, you're in the full scale suite, but we're like, hey, come on out, meet yes. each other, do business or don't 
We don't mm-hmm. try to sell you anything. I've never tried to sell you anything when nope, you were there. Like, but all. I mean, people often do talk to us about our business, but our whole intent there is to get people together, to create connections. Cause right. if they're doing business here in our community, the trickle down effect of that for us can be pretty, pretty strong too. That's it. And I don't know how intentional I have a feeling you were in doing that, but you hit on key things. You created an organic environment where authentic conversations can happen, but there's not this weight and there's a casual sense. Most of the time when we're coming to networking events, we've been through a long day. We're exhausted. We may have already been dressed up. We've been on all day. And so to relax into that is hard, but coming to a sweet and greet, I came in, you know, ball clothes, you know, game day attire. Mm -hmm. I was able to, um, talk in a real casual way, the environment set the tone so that those connections can happen. As we get more engaged behind our screens, I think people are yearning to have face-to-face conversations, but very intentional. They don't want to just go to a broad scope of communicating with meeting 25 people. They want to meet the three people that they can build a deep connection with. That's it. Yeah. So with sweet and greet, the maximum we ever have, like at the, at the baseball games is 26 people. And then at the concert events, it's 16. And keep in mind, a couple of those people are going to be from full scale too. Right. So um, I refer to it sometimes, I've called it curated networking. I like that. Because it lets it lets us have, well, we can't really control like who's going to commit to coming to the event, but we do send out our invites and with with some purpose, like within different tiers where we'll try to get, we really are trying to mix people up that normally wouldn't be with each other. And then also if people have claimed tickets to um, a particular event, well, and I'm giving out all the secrets of our invite algorithm here. It's not really an (laughs) algorithm, but it might as well be. But then, you know, we want to try to get new people in and around Mm -hmm. each time. Uh, Try to get, well, at the last event you came to, uh, my friend Joel Goldberg came by and and, and that was fun, right? So like, that's just different. And he took a group picture with us and I don't know. It just gives you something to share and something different. Um, for us, we also, like you said, wanted to take the work out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, come have a good time. Let's like, let's see a rock show. Let's, right. uh, you came to a basketball game. Yes, um, the big three. Yeah, big three. Amazing. And and with your husband, who, by the way, I went to high school with. I know. And I'm not going to tell you how old we are. I know. But he has silver hair, so he looks older. He kind of <laughs> always was headed that way. Like, it doesn't surprise me. But He's going to love to hear this. I would love to have Pat's thick, full head of silver hair as opposed to my hair. So we're in good shape. I know. He'd probably trade with you, but that is kind. Yes. Yeah, trust me, he's doing better. He can col- <laughs> He could color his hair. I don't have enough to color, so that's okay. So, but so much to your point, these kind of things, and and we're not off track here, people. Like mm-hmm. this is the example of participating in the right kinds of events. And I don't mm-hmm. like networking events that have like two hundred people at them. It's too much. No, and I, I think you probably you're more towards extrovert than introvert. I don't know if I'm right. I'm extroverted, and I don't like those two hundred because it just feels like a sea and you're lost. And what we're also finding is we spent a lot of time just at our workplace or doing work, and um, that time that we're not working is coveted time that we want to spend with yeah. our family. So going to an event that's just going to be meh is just not doing it. Or I, you see those people, I call them the card collectors that just walk around and collect all those cards or the ones who just hand out cards. And it's, I might like, be that person though. Um, on some level though, like, cause when I'll, and I'll tell you, cause we go yeah. to some of these things and you know, have a hundred people there. And I talk to our employees and I'm like, and they've, they've literally at sometimes they said, you know, I've said, you know, you spent 45 minutes talking to one person that's too long. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And yeah. now, but that's just my, my point is when you have that many people, it's difficult to ever do like really kind of get in. Right. Well, you can either, okay. So you go to this event and it might be two hours long. You can either focus on meeting, like you said, two or three people mm -hmm. or like 50. Right. And it's... I, and I feel like when I go to some of those events around Kansas city now, if I don't go and meet 50 different people, then I'm almost being rude. See, and I guess it depends on what your outcome and your goal is. If you're right. wanting to expand your network and visibility and getting your name out there, then maybe the Meet 50 the, people. Yeah. The sure. volume might mean if you want to get, a, if you see a key contact, cause you did your research and like, I've been meaning to meet that person and you have 45 minutes of their time face to face rather than a follow-up email that might be most. So it's also looking at what your intention is and being very strategic. And I create networking plans with my clients for that reason, because everyone has different goals that they have in mind. So, um, in addition so, to so the tip yeah. one, know what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Right. Know what you're trying to accomplish and know who you want to meet. And what I've taught, um, several of my coaching clients that we've talked about is we have been trained to do this connect up always. Whoever is the top title in the room is who you want to go and speak to, or who has the greatest visibility, who's the most famous, the most, whatever. But a lot of times it's um, those gatekeepers and those people who have the access to the information and the knowledge that you want to seek and to be in a listener mode. So for example, one of my greatest connections and key um, influencers in my life, her title is executive assistant, but she is the gatekeeper in her environment. She's in a higher ed institution and she knows everything that's going on. She has the purview. She's been there for years and she also has her PhD. So if people just looked at her title, they would overlook the value and the contribution. We often determine people's value by their title and that's there and we miss a large portion of the um, positive connections and networking we can do. So let's talk about that. And, yeah. you know, I, I use the term realist a lot. It's on the <laughs> cover of two different books that I've written now. And I'm just that way. Now, you mentioned, first off, you talked about, so yeah, I'm an extrovert, but I'm a highly driven extrovert, yes. which means I don't, I don't crave the social part of all of it. I right. can do it, but it's not like, oh God, I can't wait to go meet a hundred people. I'm like, yes. oh God, I gotta go meet a hundred <laughs> people, but I'll do it. Yeah. And I put my game face on and I go out and I do my thing. And you that know, that's fine. Sense. But at the same time, like it doesn't drive me. Um, mm -hmm. now that said, when you talk about, okay, so if you're trying to advance your connections, your network, I know we're trying to take the work out of network, but still the right, network's right. important. And you're trying to reach people that can, that you can, you can help move their agenda forward. Sure. Okay. First off, I think the first way to, all right, so I'm going to put myself in the seat of the, of the title guy. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, so I'm going to give you some perspective on like what it feels like sometimes when I'm at these events and I'm not oh, saying wow. I'm fancy or important or anything, but here and and locally, sometimes I go to things and I yeah, add, there absolutely. will be 75 people there and I might know 60 of them easily. And which by the way, is not really my ideal networking event. I want, I'd rather go meet 75 brand new people. Right. So when you're going to, so first off, you have an amazing point about the gatekeeper because mm -hmm. depending on the person, what they do, the size of the company they work for and so on and so forth, it, you begin to become inundated with requests. Absolutely. And so then you have to start to prioritize and you think who's going to get your attention. So while titles are important, 
and they're not at the same time, like you have to, I think you have to have it within your grasp who, whose attention you're able to gather. Yes. And who's the decision maker? Yeah. Well, the decision maker is always the end goal, but the question is, is like, who's likely to actually reply, respond, pay attention. Very true. So now you're going to meet someone that's in charge. So I have 180 employees. I have, I do this podcast. I do other stuff. I handle a lot of our business development. I just had my third book come out. I, I have two kids. I have a wife. And I like try to actually like on some days, like do healthy stuff too. So therefore there's not a whole lot of slots you can get in there. I'll give you an example though. So Breland, who's our show's producer and also um, our sales and marketing coordinator here at uh, Fullscale yesterday or a couple of days ago, she said, okay, on Tuesday, we're going to talk to blah, 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 blah. And she had already set the meeting and it had come at some at her, you know, trying to set it up, but also at the request of the people we're going to visit. It was a very important meeting. And that's a perfect example. Like I had nothing to do with setting that up. I was told, I was told we were going at that time. And I was very appreciative that she had done that. So there is a lot of merit to the gatekeeper. And another thing too, is, Mm -hmm. uh, so you can look at, at certain things, you know, because of the way that social media and different types of news and stuff work, you, it can ha- it inherently points a spotlight at one person at, yes. a, at an organization. So maybe the other people that are standing on the side of that bright light, they're equally important, if not more. And sometimes they're the path of least resistance. So we've had d- definite examples of that. Yes, that's exactly what you've said is one of the keys that I think people overlook. And then once we share it, everyone has an aha moment of like, yes, of course. And it's a game changer. It really is because those who are the leaders, such as yourself, you just get inundated and to be able to get to connect to people in authentic ways and worth their time and not just 15 or 30 minutes, you have to um, build those connections and those relationships. So at that same time, it's like, I mean, I, I, Honestly, I would prefer to be able to talk to anybody at any stage of any business, any time, all the mm-hmm. time, but you get constrained. Right. So then there's another thing too, when you're at these events or when you're approaching someone about making a connection, I think it's more important to start by saying like, like you have to now get this person's attention. Right. So how do you do that? And immediately mm-hmm. trying to like, Hey, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I'd love to sell you. Right. Not right. the right approach. I'm not going to pay attention to you. And, like, it, and it causes people to shut down. And, you know, we go to those go-tos, like, did you see the, how's the Royals doing? And we go to those, the weather and all of those yawn. things just to, right. That's, that's what we've been kind of socialized to what networking or connecting looks like. I have found it's um, some human connection and it can be different, whatever the moment is. And I, I wish I could give more specific examples because it's more what I feel kind of in that moment and remembering not putting all this pressure, like I have to tell them everything that I'm doing and, and the elevator pitch, while that is can be a useful tool, I think people use never, it as a crutch. Never lead with that. No, because no. it sounds too rehearsed. There's very few people who can say it in an authentic way that doesn't sound like you are trying to sell or it's too canned, that that human connection is what people are missing, whether it's face-to-face or stepping out from behind our computer. Um I found asking non-traditional questions that aren't the things that you could find out on LinkedIn or Give online. Um, some the, and this wouldn't be when you first meet someone, but when you're in a in a meeting with them, um, tell me about a time when you've been underestimated, or you know, when you think about your journey and you're in um, my shoes, what is something that you would do? 
um, to, to promote your career. Ask them something about what brought them to where they are now in a non-traditional way brings out different aspects of them of, than um, your, what is your major or the, anything that you could find out online. Um, speaking about um, your greatest career moment or what, what re- are you really excited about outside of work? What podcast do you listen to? Asking a lot of that kind of sparks this conversation a different way and leaders find it refreshing, like, oh, something different than the same old, same old, right? I suggest getting anybody to talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like whatever they're Fair. passionate about, like, like rather than like trying to shove information, like say, Hey, you know, Nicole, I really love what you, what you do with your connection coaching business. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you think the most important thing is when it comes yeah, to so creating a connection? It. And now you ask That's that it. and now I just listen to what you have to say. Yep. And all of a sudden I'm a great conversationalist, even though I'm not saying anything. No, so, you said the key of it. It's getting, asking a question and then listening yeah. because there's so often ask questions that are very poignant that people want specific answers or tips or tools. And you'll be surprised at what emerges out of that. Um, I've also helped people define their network instead of people say, Oh, I don't have this network. I need to build my network. Everyone has a network and starting where you are. So looking at, I call it the ABCs real simplistically, your allies, your bosses, your champions, and your sponsors, and just quickly noting who you would put in each of those categories with your allies being those people who know your, your values, your dreams, your beliefs, your goals, they're rooting for you. Your bosses may be tr- your traditional people who have been your supervisor or managers or just someone that could speak to your work ethic. So it could be someone who saw you in a val- volunteer capacity. Your champions are those who are going to share the stage with you, who are going to put your name forward, who are willing to um, spotlight you and maybe honor you for an award. And then those sponsors are those people I say that anytime they call someone in the city, um, someone's going to take their call. Yeah. And looking at those areas. And those, the last one, those are sponsors? Sponsors. Okay. So for me, I'm on the board of University Academy, which is a charter school in Kansas City that was started by the Hellsberg family. So I sit on the board with um, Bush and Barnett and Shirley Hellsberg. And so if I call Barnett Hellsberg, he's going to pick up the phone. Um, and if he calls someone on my behalf, they're going to pick up the phone. So having that person as a sponsor who has that type of um, notoriety, respect, truly yeah, in the let's community. T- let's talk about that for a second, too, because you sure. can wear that shit out like real fast. Yes. Like So for me, because that's something I get a lot. People, are, It's funny because a year mm-hmm. ago, it was always people wanting me to introduce them to Watson. Yes. And they're like, yes. they're, but I, and I could, I could smell right through what they mm-hmm. wanted because they want to ask them for money. Right. You know, and, and they'd be like, Hey, you know, do you think Matt would be interested in investing in my business? Mm-hmm. And first off, I'm, you know, I would reply, well, why don't you ask him? Right. You know, like, yes. you know, and, and that's the point is, you know, I mean, there you go. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, you have to, you have to develop, uh, you know, uh, you have to develop a balance in your personal capital account with people. Like, I mean, immediately meeting someone and asking them to do you a whole bunch of favors and a whole bunch of stuff is not really the right approach. Like that turns me off. It does. We call it the going straight to the marriage proposal and you haven't even dated. Yeah. I mean, it's that there's no courtship whatsoever. And I've had two examples of that I've had where someone called and left a voicemail message for me seeing if I wanted to serve on a board of directors. And I was familiar with the organization, but not in the capacity to serve as a board yeah. member. And it went straight to that ask. And then also where people will, the same thing, they'll ask me because I'm on the board of university Academy for all these different things within the Hellsberg. So um, it's that authentic and sincere. I was just sitting at the table with them 
advocating for a mission regarding children and their education. And that's how we built a relationship. It wasn't well, about- Well, let's key that word relationship. I mean, you have mm-hmm, to kind of it. build that. So, I mean, personally, I, I take my, uh, all right, I, you're not guaranteed to get me to do anything for you just because you ask. That's I right. mean, now that said, the likelihood's higher that I might, but I don't, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of not wasting people's time. Yes. So I take my, my, if I'm going to pass your information, if I'm going to take my connections and, and potentially make them yours on any level, I got to really feel comfortable that I'm that the recipient of that intro, I'm not just pushing a different annoyance off on them. And, right. and I also like to keep that stuff to a, uh, to a minimum because, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a term called uh, being an asshole <laughs> that uh, it means a couple things. So an asshole is someone that will ask everyone for really great advice and then get it and do the opposite every time. Mm-hmm. And then an, ask, like an asshole is also someone that doesn't know you that I get this a lot. Hey, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, right. you just sent me a, 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 a an in mail on LinkedIn. I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. And like, so like the idea there, it's not that that I think that that's a bad approach. I just think that there's a better way to go about it because you know it's like, all right, think about it. And I got to I got to drive to a coffee shop. Right. I got to go find you. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to talk to you. And then I got to go back. Next thing you know, I'm out two hours of my day. And the return value is a cup of coffee at, at worst, which right. is worth three bucks. And it's just like not the right approach. So like, I think when you're trying to make a connection, if you want to do that, like you have to make it convenient for the person you want to connect with. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask me to come talk to me at my office, I'm pr- I'll probably say yes in That's most right. situations. And I, I might say, hey, I've, I've got 20 minutes. Right. But you're delivering to me. I can keep that within this concise box and you've made it convenient. So like when I've asked people for things or stuff, and I'll use the examples of the people that have been interviewed for my books. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I would love to feature you in this book. If you're willing to do it, I will make this as easy as there humanly possible. I will come to you at whatever time it works for you, wherever you want me to be. Right. We want to make it a win-win. And I get people and they say yes, because I, because I do exactly that. You want me to meet you at 1am in St. Louis on a Wednesday? Sure. Cause I want something for you. I'm not, I'm not about making you go out of your way. So that is so key. That is, I coach on that quite a bit. We also talk about how do you, um, connect with someone authentically, but in their space and make it a win-win. So if you're just coming and you're just in the position to be asking, and you just want to be all the receiving, like pick your brain. Oh, that's one of those phrases, which means tell me all the, the secrets of the special sauce. Yeah. And I'll say, thank you. And then I'll just walk yeah. and go along. What are you coming to offer and what are you coming to share? Right. And that is um, at the crux of it as well. Now on the same, at the same, on the other side of that. So I do believe, so a lot of people have helped me along the way. Mm-hmm, me I've, too. I've, I've have received a lot of welcoming and, and, and really cool people that have not only offered me their time, but have shown interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I do believe in, in paying that back to the world. But then again, like I'm selective about who and where. So make your point, you know, mm-hmm. just make, make the ask. And, you know, the worst thing that's is, is going to happen is maybe someone's going to say no. By the way, when I'm on that subject, one thing that drives me nuts is so I've got 20, I'm connected to 21,000 people on LinkedIn. Wow. And when I, when I grab a new connection, 
within five minutes, if you send me like a 400 word message with a bunch of links and shit like that on it i'm i just disconnect you right and it's a cut and paste you can tell it was just yeah but it's like i mean like you didn't even wait five minutes like wow so there can be such a thing as too eager yeah well that's part of it too but also it's like i mean and 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 you know like sincere again i can tell you're like your your whole intent here is to just immediately solicit me Mm -hmm. i get enough of that in my life okay go ahead and i was just gonna say that ambition versus authenticity, because I think you and I would both say we're ambitious. I know you for sure. You're alpha ambitious. And I tend to put myself in that category. But how that looks, if your end game is all that you're solely focused on and you want a shortcut along the way, people feel that and that bristling, that visceral response that I saw your facial expressions, that's what keeps us from it. And once you do that, you can't get it back. Once you do that, people are have shut the door and then building a relationship further. And then they tell others, oh, no, yes, stay away from that person. So you can really ding your reputation. You might have a wonderful product, a wonderful business that you want to promote, but the way in which you do it can be the opposite of the yeah. key. It can lock the door, right? So so let's, let's talk about connecting people to their purpose. Okay. Because that's one of your big things. Yes. So so what is, what is your purpose, so, like, as we define it? Like, her- I mean... Purpose. This is a, that's a pretty broad purpose is, a, it is. it's a broad, it's a broad term. It is. It is a broad term. And you say you're the realist and extrovert. I'm probably the extrovert optimist. So I'm, I'm a lot more in the feelings and emotions, which can be for people like, okay, wait, what are you talking about? Purpose I say is what you feel like you're on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. The reason, what is guiding you, your, your internal compass of what, and you, you get affirmation about your purpose because it's when you're in that zone and you think, yes, like everything is firing at once. And you just feel like, you are in your space where you're supposed to be doing what you are supposed to be doing. So I've got That's a sim- I've got a simple thing for that, and I just call it the passion test. Okay. It's like literally like what are you truly passionate about? Mm-hmm. Like what there's you ask people you say what do you do? Right. And they'll be like yeah I do this and this. Okay, what do you really want to do? Right. Because by the way, about 80% of people give you a different d- different definition. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that's how you begin to define that passion test. Like mm-hmm. so now with that, I mean, that's not always a structural reality for everyone to be perfectly aligned with and self-actualized and that's all right. of that. So, you know, when you're talking about connecting to people and then you need to have that purpose. So now going into the like, okay, what's my goal? Who do I want to build a network of people with? Like mm-hmm. for me personally, I, it wouldn't be a huge um it wouldn't be highly advantageous for me to try to infiltrate and make massive connections in the interior design space. Right. Right. Like for real, like it just, I mean, so, I mean, is that a definition of like, so, but my purpose when it comes to creating connections and networking, I mean, obviously software companies, tech innovators, entrepreneurs, startup founders, those kind of people, Right. Are where that that would be my space, and so mm-hmm. so I'm def- then have defined my purpose. Now we want to talk about going to events and stuff like that. So going to that interior decorators networking meeting probably wouldn't be the best use of my time. Is that correct? That's correct. So you have that space, that lane that you were talking about, and then there's this other space which is so interesting. Those people who may have shared beliefs, values, and views 
not that you want to be in an echo chamber, but those people who, um, like for me, uplifting others and being supportive of other people and um, fostering their their ongoing leadership and growth, that could be in any field. You could be a CPA yep. doing that, can be whatever. Sure. But I have a connection to those individuals because we have that shared kind of vision and passion for how we value people. So yeah, there's areas I, that you I can have, connect on that, I have right? at least one mentee at all times. And I have, and I'm I very selective it. about who I want to do with that. And people are like, well, what does that mean? It says, it means I'm going to pick up the phone when you call. That's right. It means I'm going to answer your questions openly and honestly and not, and remove any amount of self-interest that I have, mm. you know, like. That's well said. Well, but that's it. And so, but th that's hard to kind of get in my program for that. Like, <laughs> I mean, what well, great example is Andrew Morgans, who's the founder of Marknology and Amazon Brand Accelerator. And I've been you know, and I've been open for Andrew for that wow. purpose for over a year. And, you know, and he enjoys that. And that's the thing. It's about the recipient as well. Okay. So connecting with people, there's, there was one thing I actually want to talk about on that. You talked sure. about the alignment sometimes with people's views, interests, opinions, stuff like that. Now, mm -hmm. at the same time, I feel that if you're establishing connections with people, um, talking about religion, politics, and sex are all bad. Right. Like, and the reason why is like, that's, so you have a better chance. All right. You got to start thinking about your probabilities of accomplishing anything. Mm -hmm. And when you look at those topics, the, the idea that you're going to be well aligned with someone else's output is, is, is minimal because we all have different opinions about stuff and this doesn't have anything to do with business unless your business is one of those three things. And so I think that I would avoid those particular topics. Now you can be, you can align well with different opinions and output mm -hmm. that people have. But I think that those three things uh, present a remarkably higher opportunity to fail than to succeed. Yes. I think when I was, we were talked about connecting, we instantly thought about networking and that brought us to career and work. So there's different ways yeah. we're connecting in all different areas and spaces. And what people I've heard found is, oh, my college friends have moved away or I don't see them. So now what I want to do is build this new tribe and offense around our kids' school or some other space that we're in. And those folks might not have any of the same career opportunities or, you know, in the same industry as you, but you have some other shared interest and might be the parenting journey that you're on at that moment. The different pockets and the kind of tribes that you develop. Sure. Um, we talked about this. And, and I have that, like I have, I have entrepreneurs, I have influencers, mm -hmm. authors, podcast hosts right. are some people. Now those things are obviously, now here's the thing is I'm, I'm very centric and around the things that I do, like my work, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm obsessed on yeah, some levels, passion. Yeah, but, but I find ways to kind of wrap more around it than right, that. So like it. when you say entrepreneurs, like you're an entrepreneur, you're not yeah. in the tech space. Like, I mean, right, that, doesn't very different. that doesn't prohibit me from showing interest or continuing to be involved with you. That's like right. uh, Joel Goldberg is a baseball announcer. Right. Like, I mean, that's not, but at the same time, he's an entrepreneur, he's a public speaker and he's mm -hmm. an interesting dude. He is like there's, there's, and you there's can synergies there. You can well, so your vibe will define your tribe. Yep. One of my a, favorite on, quotes. On, on a lot of times. And, you know, the tribe is a powerful concept and that's whether you're joining one or trying to build one and they are two different things, but you talk about tribe building and, and I think it was Seth Godin's book called Tribes. Yes. Talk about the idea here is it's so if, if you're building a tribe of people, you want them to be 
as interested or more interested in what and each other That's right. than you or whatever it is that you are offering. That is a key component. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I don't think I mentioned my podcast yet. So I'm a part of a group called the Rise Tribe. And so when you talk about tribes, it's, it's essentially, this is what happened. We started the Life in the Middle podcast and the catalyst was we're all black women um, in the ages of 30s to, to um, 50, I guess, is our oldest, different careers, different walks of life. And we say we have individual stories that form a collective narrative about go. what it's like to be a person of color, specifically a black woman in this country. And we came together um, somewhat authentically because I met a woman who had been in a leadership group with me. She started talking to me about a reunion for this leadership group. And we ended up talking about everything, but what we we're supposed to talk about. If you ever have that happen. It happens on the podcast a lot. Too. Oh, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. That you yeah. get on yeah. these, something sparks your interest. And before you know, yeah, you've inter talked. Yeah, and... Interesting conversations, interesting conversation. I mean, you don't Isn't have to it? limit it. I mean, I think like, and that's important too, when you talk about networking and getting to know people, like explore mm -hmm. where our conversation goes. Like if it's way, way, way off track, put it back on course. That's right. And so yeah. we did that and we talked about all these things and had all these synergies. And one by one, we started naming other women, you know who you should meet, you know who you should meet. And most of them were new to Kansas City. They weren't originally from here. So we got together and we talked and um, we decided to get together for dinner. We did. And it just was like that magic where you have that synergy that it was a letting our hair down. It was a, you understand what I'm saying. It was affirmation, but it was also a pushback of, well, did you think about it in this way? Um, and we became such a tight knit group over some of these shared experiences that black women experience that we don't speak into the air, that we just call it. It's just what it's like to be a person sure. of color in this country. Um, everyone is um, professionals. One is a surgeon. Another is a VP and insurance company. Um, two of us work in the education space. And so um, what we, we've done is create this space where we can share. And then we decide to make a podcast because we said, I think other people want to hear this. These yeah, yeah. Well, that was the and, same way this started. Um, you know, Matt was i guess technically a connection of mine mm -hmm. and but we're similar we're close in age we have children that are the same age we live near each other and then honestly we have some of the same weird issues that um i quite honestly have a hard time finding other people that relate that's well it. to me with that so we and that's kind of where this podcast started because we were always complaining <laughs> I was like, dude, we need a podcast. He's like, what should it be about? And I said, what it shouldn't be about is two middle-aged white dudes from the suburbs that did well. Because mm. that story's been told, man, it's boring. No one wants to hear about that. And he was like, we should talk about the stuff we did terribly. I'm like, boom, there that's a good is. start. But then be realist. Like, like tell mm. people straight up, like, hey, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to have a startup, guess what? Uh, you, you're signing yourself up to be miserable for a while, right. if not that's, forever. Because right. that's just the way it goes. So like when you watch the social network and you watch Mark Zuckerberg become a multi-billionaire and, and he has some heartbreak in there, that is just scratching the surface just people. The surface. Cause that actually went really, really well. I'd be more than willing to go through what he went through on the way to that exit That's or right. wherever, but it's not the reality of it. So, you know, and you talk about just being real, like people want, and that's the feedback we have received most from our listeners um, and by the way, if you guys are curious and want to check out some other stuff about us, go to at Startup Hustle Podcast on Instagram. I'm realizing I'm not getting my mentions in here. I'm yes. going to get in trouble. No, I work for other good. people on this podcast. I think. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, but, but those messages, those realist messages, I think that's what 
we had some opportunities as the Rise Tribe to speak at the UMKC Women of Color Leadership Conference. And I was most blown away by people applauding the things that we said because it was a yes and affirmation. People coming up to me afterwards that were in tears because we spoke about um, real situations that are just kind of underground that we just don't speak about that happen at work or you know, my, you've met my family being mistaken for the nanny in the community that I live in for my son rather than his mom. Those type of things are real wounds and hurts that you say, what? And you just keep it moving and don't address them. And we spoke it out loud and said, this is what happened. So yeah, and a then, bit and, of complaining. And, well, but that's okay. Cause you know, for us, the, some of the feedback on the podcast, it's been the most consistent is people are like, I love how real you guys are about the things you were bad at. Mm-hmm. And the other people that come on the show talking about the things that we're bad at, right? Like, because it on some levels, it's it's an actual positive affirmation to others. Like, oh wow, I'm not the only person that's, that's sometimes bad at something. Like, I, I'm we're all bad at a lot of stuff, well, we and were, we don't, and we want to cover it up sometimes or whatever. But sometimes the best way to fix it is to own it. I've I've found so much strength in that. I used to think fall into the perfection um, trap where you had to present that, that, you know, you don't talk about the, the things that you've done wrong. And there is so much strength in owning that this showing our, we show our highlight reels of our lives on social media and being able to say the things that we um, have done that have been the oopses. And those are the people who are most endearing. If you really notice who people really have a love and a heart for, it's often people who have owned and claimed their mistakes and don't pretend to be perfect Yeah, because they're accessible. They're relatable, yeah. right? We talk about them a lot so much. Like I even tell people on the way in and this, this, this particular, um, this particular episode here is, is a little different, but especially with the actual startup founders, like, and, and even the ones that have been highly successful, like talk about something you were terrible at. I love and, that. And you, the by the way, the, it's funny because the most successful people that I'm around, uh, they laugh and they're like, God, I don't even know where to Let's start. start. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much of it. Like we failed so many times at so many things on the way to getting it right. But the re- the thing that's refreshing about that to others is say, okay, so so you're saying I've got a chance. Yeah, there's resilience yeah. and perseverance in the story yep. every time, right? Um, I think the journey of how I got to even do Connection Coach is kind of interesting because, again, I'm unlikely entrepreneur. I didn't start off saying I was going to be a life coach and that I was going to focus on connecting. Um, I think like so many of us, it's our life circumstance of who we're born to. So my mom is an immigrant from Jamaica and my father um, is African-American and he they met in New York City at St. John's University. And so um, I was born in the Bronx and lived, we know what the Bronx looks like, multicultural, people of color. Um, And then I moved to upstate New York when my dad got um, a position for mobile chemical at that time. So predominantly white community. So I went from a pretty diverse urban community to a suburb that was predominantly white. Then he got promoted again when I was in high school to Chesterfield, a suburb of St. Louis, a uh, um, more upper middle class, mm-hmm. I would say, community, and then came to Kansas City. So because of that, I've lived in a variety of environments that, um, just like my, my life circumstance, I was often one of the only, had a mom that was an immigrant, um, you know, just this variety. I had to make connections wherever I was and g- draw on the skills that I had. And so in doing that, people said, how did you learn to make it into that room? Or how'd you get that table? I knew nothing different. 
I'm comfortable being one of the only women. I'm comfortable being one of the only people of color because that has been my life circumstance. So um, when people ask me more about how to do that, I started thinking about how to do it intentionally. I started looking at Did you at just spaces. quit caring? Did you just kind of on some level quit caring about, cause so here's the thing is like, right. like the reality of it is X percentage of any group, community, room, whatever are dumb people that say dumb shit that don't think it out. They don't, you know, we've been having fun around the office lately, kind of joking about, we call it the complicult. It's like when, like for a musician, it would be like if you came up to a musician and you said, man, I'm a big fan of your early work. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, you're like saying like, hey, your stuff sucks no, now, but, but I, I loved, loved it back then. Stuff, yeah. So, but <clears throat> people are just, they just do that. Right. Sometimes. And, and then on, <clears throat> and you got to brush it off. Like if you're going to, mm -hmm. if you're going to engage with, talk to, be connected with and work with a large number of people. Um, you got to get, there's a couple of things I think you got to get past one. You have to accept the fact that sometimes when you're doing the very best job you can at your own company or out there, uh, you're not going to make everybody happy. Amen. Second off, regardless of whether you're doing a good job, you're still not going to make everybody happy. Amen. And three, there are like 7 billion people on this planet. So put the haters and the negative turds, flush them. Get them out and just keep moving on. I, I I always say one of my favorite four letter words is next. Oh, I love that. So you just got to say next and just move yes. on. Like I mean, and, and I've I've really I pride myself. I my ability to discard negative people and situations is high. Yeah, that's that's a super high. that's a super strength. Yeah, and one that I've had to build over time. Being okay, so we back to extrovert and loving to be around people and leaning towards the people pleaser side, that's my Achilles heel because the same thing that can draw people in and I build connections quickly is also, oh my gosh, but they don't like, well, I yeah, really and struggled with that for years and I've, I'm recovering people pleaser. So it's your, your, your personality style is on the same side of the graph as mine, but it's actually in a different column. Absolutely, It's in that, it's in that more of that influential, it's that type I, often referred to as can be the social butterfly. Yes. And woo is my thing. And, and so yeah. some of that, and, and then with that is that those, and this isn't necessarily you, but that, and in my book, Balance Me, I talk all about personality styles because you got to understand your own and how it relates to others. Mm -hmm. See, and mainly for your purposes of weakness. So yes. on your own thing, like now here's the thing is nobody likes hearing bad stuff about themselves I or know, like right? feeling like they suck. Um, it's just, you, it, you just have to really kind of force feed your ability to get past that. Yeah. And so, in those is the growth. So if you want to say nice things about Nicole to Nicole, you can find her on Twitter at coach Nicole underscore KC or yes. at connection coach KC on Facebook, right? That's right. And, um, website and I think you'll, you'll be, come. you'll be happy to tell people all about the great things that they can do with their new connections, right? Yes. All the great things you can do with your new connections. Well, we're about out of time here. We, wow. we, yeah, we, we, we plowed right through this. So I want to just give a little bit of a recap here. And now first off, if you feel like your business um, or you personally is struggling with making connections with other people, you want to create a plan related to understanding your purpose with connections, maybe some advice as far as how to find people, organizations, communities, or define your own network. Well, Nicole Jacob Sylvie is probably a good person for you to talk to. Is that fair to say? Thank you, Matt. Yes. I'd love so, to do so. So, and you can reach out to her a number of different ways. 
once again. I, well, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having yeah. me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you made it. Once again, this was brought to you by Fullscale.io. Make sure to check out the Startup Hustle YouTube channel so you can determine whether or not my face is made for radio. And once again, find Nicole Jacobs Silvey, the connection coach at Nicole, Coach Nicole underscore KC on the tweeters and Connection Coach KC on Facebook. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.